Hello humans, hello humans. Much later in the afternoon, uh, heading out in the last 40 miles of the run to the coast. <coughs> I have one small stop there. Got some food, Casa Mia in uh, Hoquiam. They're my guys, man, they're, they're lifesavers. So I won't have to cook for my wife and I have to make dinner for the dogs still at home. Boris is in the um, in the hospital for a couple of days. So as far as like housekeeping stuff here, <coughs> I'm not going to be able to do my usual um, two audios a week driving in for uh, food because we've had to alter all of our uh, plans, all of our regular routines. Uh, over these past couple of months, a lot due to the stalker. Uh, we I haven't seen him for days, so uh, maybe he's moved on. Decided to go and hassle somebody else. Anyway, though, um, I won't be able to be. Um, uh, I won't be doing those kind of shopping expeditions anymore because of the nature of what I've got to do for the house, and I've got. Uh, I'll have a sick dog to tend to even after he's back out of the hospital. He'll probably be in recovery for months. Uh, other Bouviers that we've known that have had ulcerous conditions sometimes take six or eight months to really come out of it. So poor Boris is going to be um, uh, needing extra care. But really the uh, deal is that I've, I've swapped my uh, shopping around so I won't have these long runs. So I'm going to rely more on coastal resources. Anyway though, wanted to talk about these next few months and what we're all going to um, be encountering as authority falls away from things and the, um, uh, the hyper-novelty is revealed. We're going to have a lot of very upset people. So if you go watch the, <laughs> the Jean-Claude show on Beyond Mystic with Carrie and, um, and uh, Jay Whitener, you'll get an idea. Okay, these people, Carrie and Jay Whitener, were controlled. <laughs> they were doing what they could to control themselves. <laughs> and so imagine all of the normies who will not understand what's happening, won't understand why they have this huge emotional load. And really what, it, what my discussion to, uh, at this point is, uh, for these next uh, 22 miles, is... Um, about the emotional load that everybody's going to face, but but that will be particularly hard on the normies, of course, because they won't they won't understand why they feel this way, what's going on, and so they'll start feeling it as the surety of their world is removed from them, and their authority disappears, their their paradigm, their their view of the planet and humanity and things going on is going to like break. It'll crumble. The saying, you know, the cookie too left too long in the milk. It just starts dissolving away. And so that's what's going to be happening to them. As it dissolves, as their paradigm dissolves in the um, hyper-novelty, uh, they will have emotional responses. A lot of these emotional responses are going to be um, subconscious. They, they may not even be aware of them because that's the way the normies are. They react to the emotion. They don't uh, observe the emotion, analyze the emotion, and then respond. Instead, they simply react. That's what the Elohim worship cult is counting on, is that their herd animals, the humans, can be trained to react and ignore a reasoned um, response. So uh, 
the Elohim worship cult is very desperately afraid of us, right? These guys are, there's a lot of fear on their part, and somebody's kicking their ass on the moon. Okay, maybe the Elohim worship cult is attacking people on the moon. Uh, maybe they're attacking, um, uh, you know, um, non-Elohim, uh, non-Earth humans, or maybe they're attacking Earth humans. There's just no way to tell at this stage. Uh, it is unlikely that they're attacking Nazis, and we don't have any definitive telltale. So, so if you look at things like, you know, agricultural production specifically, um, as the most monitorable, uh, we don't have big holes. So if there were, you know, uh, 10 billion people that were living in the moon that were a breakaway civilization and they still depended on Earth for water and food, we would see that. We would see, you know, vast quantities of spaceships going back and forth from here to the moon carrying water. Uh, we do see some of that activity. We do observe spaceships that go in and suck up water and then go flitting off. So these are like, you know, water delivery vehicles. Uh, we observe that, but not enough to say that it would be supporting any sizable population. At most, the kind of, there's a lot of the, these kind of reports, but in the general over the, the mass of all of the UFO reports, uh, they're somewhat, uh, probably insignificant. Less than 1% of them are, are uh, described as being water um, uh, takers. Uh, but anyway, so the, the normies here are going to have these emotions, right? Uh, they're going to have emotions uh, that they will be feeling. They will be feeling um, unsteady, uns uh, uh, unstable, uh, unmoored. They're going to have the whole uh, untethered heather uh, action where they just they, they have to constantly keep second-guessing their mind, analyzing their own processes because nothing makes sense anymore. And this is really what it is. So imagine a situation where uh, you got a job and it's the first day on the job and there's no real uh, uh, ability from the employer to train you. They've just got to like pitch you in and let you train yourself as you're encountering the shit that goes on, right? Um, so uh, there's going to be a lot of that. It will be a lot like learning on the job because no one's going to be out here training you as to what's actually going on, nor will they be pointing out why you're having these emotions and what triggered it. And most of the normies are not going to be in critical mind. They won't be able to analyze what exactly is triggering that particular feeling that they're feeling at that moment that is making them so upset. So they will simply react to their emotions, go with their emotions, and um, express their emotions. And a lot of this will lead to acting out, okay? Uh, just as we see the uh, Jews acting out the Stockholm Syndrome and having been trained for 2,000 years to do genocide, now that, you know, the Elohim are gone, they left in 70 AD, um, and they haven't been around uh, the Jews since then, but we still see these people acting out because of that long-term abuse and because they are not uh, critically aware of their own environment and themselves. It's going to be rough, okay? Uh, it's going to get increasingly rough. You're going to have friends that you're going to have to, like, do counseling on. You know, better wait for them to break down than try and intrude because you may force a breakdown if you do. Uh, a lot of this information is going to be uh, radical and uh, wild and um, bizarre 
and so new that they will have to take a long time to think about it, to cogitate uh, what this means for them and to intake a lot of this information into their new worldview in such a way that that worldview can be regular. Now, if you if you have a uh, you're new on the job, you, there's that big rush of I don't understand any fucking thing, and and you barely make it through the first day and then the first week, and it's like maybe it starts calming down in the in the second week or so, and by the time you've done it for a while, a lot of it is done on automatic pilot, as we say, right? So a lot of it would be done without your the need for your conscious thinking about what you're doing and how you're doing it. You'll just sort of do it by body memory, by rote. Humans like doing things like this. The Elohim like that humans like doing this because they can train us relatively easily and then we don't bother our minds uh, with the larger context of what we're being trained to do and why. Uh, we just like the training, we accept it, and, and on we go. The operating as a, you know, a normie. Um, so, that uh, skilled on the job thing is not going to be happening for a lot of people for a long damn time uh, because of the uh, underpinning that we rely on in order to form a paradigm, a paradigm that actually allows us to go into uh, operation in automatic mode, right? Um, where you would know how to respond because you've done it a few thousand times, that sort of thing. Here, it's all going to be new to you. You'll have to think about it. A lot of people are just going to flip off into reaction mode because they, they have no skills for uh, monitoring themselves and doing anything else uh, in that regard, right? And, and approaching it from any other way. Uh, the lack of skills is going to extend within the normies across the broader uh, span of the normies uh, for for a number of years. Maybe it'll be a decade uh, before people really start, you know, in the outlying areas of uh, our social order, start feeling comfortable with what is now coming out of the core. Uh, the core is going to be rebuilt uh, around the Wu people. Uh, you know, as bizarre as that to say, the core of our new social order will be re will be built. Uh, around all you bastards, okay? It's going to be so because of the nature of the lead-follow kind of thing. So um, we know that the uh, as a movement becomes successful, uh, the people within that movement, whatever it is, political, economic, whatever, uh, a new paradigm, whatever, uh, within that, that movement, as those people that... Um, had been involved in it get close to success, naturally we get this infighting and attempt to define, if you will, sort of an orthodoxy, right, um, of a paradigm, so that we can work towards a new collective paradigm and dismiss those things that must be dismissed because they're bogus and bullshit. Uh, you know, like uh, William Tompkins and um, Mark Richards and uh, a lot of these uh, whistleblowers, okay, and a lot of these pretend super soldiers and, and pretend secret space program uh, participants like Corey Good and, and a lot of the people that are emulating him after his success on Gaia. Uh, those, those people are, are not going to be participating to any real great extent in the uh, crafting of our new 
uh, Neradyme, our new paradigm for that will eventually be uh, adopted by the normies and the larger mass of the social order. While all this is going, okay, so the reason that the Wu people will be doing that is because we're the leading edge on the uh, conspiracies, right? Uh, we go boldly where no man has gone before in sussing out conspiracies and all of this kind of stuff, right? So uh, Mauro Biglino, he's a, he's a Wu person, he's a leader. He is defined in, um, what's her name, um, Biz Shrink, uh, Jan Harper Hayes. He is defined in her work as a seer, okay, because he sees shit that others don't. Now, his vision is limited. He's focused in on the, uh, the Elohim worship cult and the books and so on. Uh, plus, he's got some neurene issues, um, you know, nervous uh, system issues, uh, health issues. But, uh, but, in, but he's a, a woo person and will be providing the backup and the support for the factual parts of the narradime relative to the Elohim worship cult. Uh, there's a lot of people you can pick out now that will be part of all of this, of, of the reshaping of our um, cultural order. And it's going to be global. And it's not a cultural revolution and communism and socialism and Marxism and, and blue hair and all of that kind of stuff is just going to fade away. Uh, so um, as part of the hyper novelty uh, accommodation or, or um, uh, absorption by, by humanity, the, the Wu people are out here leading uh, because we're not convinced in, the, in general, Wu people never become convinced that they know what the fuck they're talking about, it, right? I mean, I know what I'm talking about in particular on individual items, but I'm constantly, constantly looking for those things that I don't yet know about relative to my paradigm. Sort of backfilling my assumptions, if you will, coming up with new assumptions based on actual facts and, and um, manifestations. And so I'm constantly seeking. Uh, constantly seeing, right? As a result of the constant seeking, I see stuff that others don't. So I become aware of, you know, for instance, uh, three years ago, the move in um, uh, the greater computing world into uh, more analog computing again, a la the 1950s, only this time with a, a digital hook on it that seems to indicate uh, not only that we'll be moving into new computing environments and have new forms of AI and all this sort of shit, but also that uh, somewhere, someone in a, in a hole in the ground uh, has apparently cracked the, the code for that, and uh, a lot of this uh, is being introduced at this stage, right? It's not new inventions. Now, humanity is very much um, inventive. We like inventing new shit, and uh, we will do so uh, at vast levels, huge amounts of new inventions are headed our way as the Neradyme fails. We see this happen uh, repeatedly throughout history, even back into the Kali Yuga. The, as the Neradyme is failing, thoughts are, are made free, and you have a renaissance, right? A, a, a reblooming of your social order. And that's what we're coming into now. <coughs> we'll have vast quantities of inventions. So many of these inventions will probably fail because they won't be commercially viable one way or another, and we've got to rebuild all of our commercial infrastructure to a great degree. But as the space alien technologies come on out, we're going to find ourselves in a situation where the um, inventions will be at such a different level that 
uh, material reality will change relative to making those inventions. So we will do less casting of iron kind of things, right? The, the brute force um, Kali Yuga kind of stuff. And we'll be doing a lot of growing materials, uh, you know, growing amalgam uh, metals together with uh, ceramics and other stuff to produce interesting new devices that will, because of their very nature, uh, be participating in the uh, analog computing revolution that's underway. And we're in the very beginning of the analog computing revolution. So we are like at, uh, let me see, so we're probably like 1971 status relative to digital computing, um, uh, relative to the new uh, resurgence of analog computing. And it was in 79 that we started seeing the first commercially produced uh, portable uh, computers. Um, so, you know, so it's a, a second generation uh, of, our, of our prototypes that had been made into commercially viable material uh, by 79. And so from 79 until now has been the computer revolution that brings all of this stuff to the point where we've got AI scaring Carrie Cassidy and other people. They're scared of AI, probably a lot of them, because of Gene Decode and Carrie Cassidy and some of these other numbnuts that are out there saying AI is going to come and eat your lunch. Um, if one wanted to uh, be an investor in this kind of an environment, I would, I would look for... Um, nascent uh, analog computing companies and I put my money in them, right? Not by buying stock, but by direct investment in getting these guys enough funds sometimes to get them over significant hurdles. That's how the tech industry worked in the beginning. You'd get seed capital and then the seed capital guys, that maybe they would buy into 10 different companies uh, and eight of them would crap out. One would be viable and one would be a wild success. And that wild success uh, not only gave them all kinds of cool bragging rights and stuff among their buddies, but also provides them the wherewithal to do another round of, of 10 companies uh, and lose their investment in eight, just because that's the nature of the investment business uh, in our in industrial environment. But you still make money on the ninth and the 10th. The ninth one plugs along, it pays for itself, and it's gonna be a long-term producer at a fairly steady rate. The 10th one will be spectacularly valuable, uh, instantly acclaimed kind of thing, not really instant, it'll take a couple of years, but then it'll be hugely acclaimed, and the next thing you know, you know, you're one of the founders of uh, Apple, that kind of thing, right? Uh, so you you're, can be wildly wealthy with uh, invest, direct investment in very small firms. And usually these investments are not that large to get them over these technical hurdles. Here we're going to have a couple of technical hurdles that will require significant um, uh, significant continuing and losing investment until they crack certain processes, like the, in the production of materials, the ability to grow metals together in, in uh, precise fashion um, under energetic uh, solution or, or conditions where you put, you know, so much in one vat, so much in another vat, you do things with magnetics, you superheat the shit, all this other stuff, and then you let them grow together, very much in an organic growth kind of a process, or really it's more akin to like crystallization of salts or something, right? Because it's not, not alive, it's not true growth. Uh, it's just uh, dealing with the material that's there. 
Um, so anyway, so very exciting time. I personally like analog computing. I want to make a bunch of analog devices myself um, just because I love the code and the elegance that you can uh, achieve using uh, what I think of as nuanced computing, which is the ability to get at more than simply ones and zeros. Um, I'm looking around for them as I find uh, good ones. I will pass those on to people that have uh, have an interest in it, and maybe we'll form some kind of a uh, an awareness club, not an not a uh, uh, an investment club, but an awareness of potential investment clubs, right? Where we might um, just have like a, a heads up kind of a thing. Hey, we saw these companies; they got a decent idea. They're at this stage. You know, our probability is, uh, or our guess on their probability of success is X, Y, Z. Uh, you know, these kind of informations um, uh, will be able to be coming out later on. And so right now I invent uh, this uh, newsletter that maybe I'll put out and everybody will have to pay to get my thoughts on these new uh, new potential products and stuff. So we're in this inventive phase, right? And uh, it can be quite lucrative for uh, people as you move into this. It's not going to be that way for most of the normies. They'll be coming on in later as they uh, gradually acclimatize to the fact that uh, humanity has changed, the planet's the same, but we're a new new humanity, and things are not working out for the Mother Weffers and the Elohim uh, worship cult in a big way. So they already know they've lost. Uh, they're fighting a, uh, a retreat battle, trying to keep themselves alive through this and, and secure something for themselves in the future. Uh, they're very much afraid that that won't be able to be accomplished and they'll be swept aside uh, by the tide of history. I hope so. I mean, I personally would enjoy that. Uh, you know, justice is really cool. Um, but in, in the meantime, I'm concentrating on the future and those things that will be coming into us, uh, towards us. So, um, let's see. so i got two more miles here. Um, uh, anyway, so the the emotional reaction in the normies, you guys are going to just have to, to be aware that it's happening. And when you run into people that you know or brand new or whatever, and they're, they're having a conniption fit or they're having an anger fit or whatever, recognize first that they're having a fit and have a, a method of responding in terms of calming them down, telling them it's going to be okay, and then you can deal with the individual details. So, you know, assess the context of what you're dealing with and how uh, desperately dire it is kind of a situation. Many people will, will probably want to commit suicide as we go forward. I'm not, not shitting you on this, okay? Many of the normies that are, that are um, you know, three boosters into the shot regimen will discover all this stuff, and many of them will just decide, no, this shit's gonna kill me, I'll check out now. Um, others will be so distressed about what their government, their elected official that they trusted, that they put their authority uh, markers on, uh, has fucked them over, that they'll want to commit suicide. So we'll have a lot of that. So I expect a very large wave of suicides, um, maybe beginning at the end of this year. It's, I'll let you know as we get closer to some of these markers. Uh, as to when this might occur and if you've got friends that are exhibiting these kind of characteristics or talking about XYZ here, then it might give you a heads up as to how to deal with it. Uh, we won't reach that point for a number of months. We've got to go through these two big uh, breaking points here of hyper no um, uh, novelty hitting the 
uh, normies in June, and then we'll see how bad it is. Maybe it'll be, you know, really, really, really bad, and we'll start seeing suicides in just a couple of months after that. Or maybe it won't be quite as bad because there are people working to reduce that potential, all right? Uh, and there are. There are people working to reduce that potential. And I don't call them white hats. I call them the SOC, the Self-Organizing Collective. I do this for very specific reasons based on uh, grammar and logic. Uh, so, so, you know, the white hats is just a, um, that's a TV label that doesn't, is not meaningful and doesn't tell you anything about the nature of the uh, group or whatever you're dealing with. And so the Elohim worship cult could be doing white hat kind of activity just to sucker you along for some time and then lead you into a trap. So, you know, with the sock, you can see how they're organized and what's going on and this, this sort of thing. And we actually see these people approaching others. So they approach people in the Wu community. So a lot of, um, a lot of people in the process of these guys running around trying to corral all of the influencers, they've had to come and talk to us that have turned the, them down, and thus we know that there is this move going on. So we do have support for our view that, oh, there's a, a movement now to corral and codify and um, uh, provide an orthodoxy for the new paradigm that is being run through influencers. And we see them most effective in the what, what I'm calling the, the type four or category four influencer, um, who's barely out of normiehood, right? Maybe they're three years awake. They think themselves awake and they've not even touched the issue of the Elohim and their religion. So they may have another, another dozen years before they get to the point that they have that crash in the normal course of events. They don't have those dozen years, okay? It's gonna be really rapid once we cross this um, hyper uh, novelty boundary for the normies. Shit's going to happen so fast your head will swim and that is part of our uh, situation here. Part of the uh, hyper novelty. So anyway, so I'm here now. I've got to do this last stop, pick up some stuff, uh, getting some local uh, harvest here, clams and that kind of thing. Anyway, guys, so I'll talk to you later. Though These will be uh, infrequent, few and far between the talks, I mean. I'll, um, I'll do one, uh, hopefully I can, when I go in to pick up Boris in a couple of days. Uh, so um, that'll, And then it'll be spotty and, and irregular, but I'll try and do videos in the meantime as much as I can uh, as we move into some of this stuff. All right.